What is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. Alright guys, welcome back here for another episode. Uh, today with me I have uh, Corey and JD back on. How's it going guys? Good, good. Doing well. That's Doing good. Well. That's good. Um, so, uh, well, the Penn State game. You know, terrible terrible loss to Michigan. Seems like it's a reoccurring theme. Uh, I mean, I know I aired my grievances on the last show here. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's start with you, Corey. What were your thoughts? Um... Coming into the game, I didn't have much hope. James Franklin was on the sideline. Michigan was going to do what Michigan did, and they were going to try and run the ball. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely did that. McCarthy only threw the ball, what, eight, nine eight, times? Eight times. Yeah, eight times the whole game. So, I mean, I think that just shows how little they, one, respected us and how they didn't need to stray from a game plan. They were going to do what they wanted to, and there was nothing we could do about it. Um, was hoping that Alar would play better than he did against Ohio State. He did it. Once again. Yeah. Um, I thought he did. I thought he played much better than he did against Ohio State against Michigan. Really? Fuck yeah, bro. He stepped up in the pocket. He ran. He actually made some plays. I mean, other than a couple he, bad passes. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, hard he to do. He played a hell of a lot better yeah. than, against yeah. the, than he did against Ohio State. But, but it's still not, but, obviously yeah, for, not good For enough. what we needed, it wasn't good enough. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Herb Street mentioned that going into the game, Alar was 121st in, like, average completion yardage. Yep. And I looked this morning. He is 149th in the country. <laughs> oh, my God. He he is not good at throwing the long ball, apparently. I mean, I think it's part receivers, too. Lambert Smith is our one, and he's not a one. He's, he's not terrible. very good. Absolutely yeah. Terrible. So that doesn't help much of anything. Plus, um, the OC who's now fired, you know, they didn't call many plays where they were drawing up deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you guys were saying about it, the play calling being vanilla against Ohio State. Thought kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Our most creative play was um, the two point a Philly game. special that we ran on like fourth and one. Yeah. Which that scared the hell out of me. <laughs> 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 Once I saw Lars start wheeling out, I was like, oh no. I didn't even get to watch that play because I waited for beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was the play he fumbled, right? I- uh, no, no, he, he no, that was we scored a touchdown that drive, yeah. Oh, okay, that was right before halftime. Oh, that's right, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I will air my grievances. Uh, Penn State, with these renovations you're gonna make to the football field, please put more than fucking six beer stalls in the upper <laughs> south end zone. There's about 20,000 fans that sat there. I'm not kidding you. I went when we got the ball on offense on that last drive, mm-hmm. I missed that whole drive all of halftime. I got back to my Damn. seat with like a minute left in halftime before the second half kickoff. Just to get two fucking beers, man. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous, Penn State. You needed to be better. Come on, Pat Craft. Let's yeah, go. Be better. Put more beer stalls up there. I mean, I understand you guys don't want people getting belligerent, but man, I got sober way. Maryland is perfect. They had they had a lot there. Yeah, I, felt I mean, like with Maryland, Maryland, you just walked out. You got a beer. Well, and the thing is too, so. Penn State, I don't think, is allowed to sell beer at their concession stand stalls because they're volunteer ran. Oh, so I, they that don't makes know sense. how old the people are there serving they don't have beer. And stuff. Exactly. So what I think, like the difference is in Maryland, like they're hiring actual employees to work those stalls. So under you know whatever contract they sign with the stadium, it's allowed to do alcohol sales. So that's just beside the point. That's obviously <laughs> off topic completely. I just wanted to. I love it. Out. Um, but yeah, so uh, keep talking, JD. Uh, what did you just? Um, at the end of the game, have your 
I know you said saying that you had got to give Franklin a chance in the college football, like the 12 team college football playoff. Do you still have that same tune or has it changed since the game? Well, so we talked about it last week, Tony. Um, you know what Penn State's real keys to success would have been to mm-hmm. win the game. Um, one of them I said, you know, offense is having long established drives, running the ball well, which honestly against Michigan, I thought we ran the ball pretty well. Over four yards of carry in total. Hey, over four yards of carry. We almost had 200 rushing yards between three guys. And, you know, that's the part I like to see. Um, but, yeah, just like we kill drives, though, for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Second drive of the series, Adrian Allen runs for nine yards on first down. We proceed then to throw a screen pass to a two-on-three receiver matchup. No. Which they lose a yard on that play. Yeah, and Omar then hit him high. The guy didn't get a chance to run. Didn't get a chance to run. I mean, it was, but the play was blown up, dude. There was three guys over there. You know, you're mismatch blocking wise. They had a tackle pull out too. I think wasn't really a good play call, especially you know after just watching your guy run for nine yards. Like, keep feeding the boy the ball there. And then you know on that third down play, it was like third and two. We try to run a quarterback sneak. Yeah. And like I understand, but like. You don't even need to be in that situation. I mean, yeah. Mike Tomlin talks about it a lot. You know, you want to win first down. You want to yeah, get five yards. Yeah, the weighty downs. You got to exactly. So you win first down pretty convincingly. It's keep giving the guy the ball. Let him run. Yeah. At the very least, take a play action pass and go down the field. Worst comes to worst, it's incomplete. Now it's third and one, and that's when you either have your six foot five quarterback quarterback sneak it or. Uh, uh, give the rock to Allen there, you know? The, the tight ends were fairly effective, I feel like, as well. And they didn't get the ball nearly enough. Exactly. No. I and mean, the one got a touchdown there at the end of the game, which gave us a little bit of hope. So mm-hmm. Garbage time. Garbage, yeah, garbage time touchdown. But, I mean, I feel like it's not that difficult to, in a, in a second and one, third and one, drop a little drag to a tight end across the field. He's going to be bigger than basically everyone on Michigan's defense, apart from the defensive line, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, just let him one-on-one with someone. Yeah. Just win the ball. Yeah, and then, you know, to go off more about the game, you know, obviously Michigan was the better team. Yeah. Uh, you could obviously see that and how they, you know, controlled defense pretty well the whole game, I felt. Um, yeah. You know, our all-pro left tackle, you know, Oshu. Yeah. He got, he got absolutely manhandled that whole game. He, he played very poorly against Ohio State as well. And, and it's just surprising me. There was a play I remember. It was a critical play. Alar definitely had to throw the ball, and Oshu had a D end on his left, obviously, uh-huh. and then he had um, a guy lined up in the C gap, or B gap technically. And for some reason, his guard is obviously blocking the guy that's in the B gap there. Yep. He looks at him, doesn't touch the guy, turns and looks, and as he's looking, the D end's just running by him. He didn't touch a single person, so Alar's just in the back pocket, like holy shit, you know, throw the ball up and get rid of it, but. Yeah, the line just played very poor, I thought, and, you know, kind of how they've done the whole season, you know, yeah. other than us breaking a couple run plays because of the running backs. Mm-hmm. I feel like offensive line play really showed the discrepancy between the two teams this week. Yeah, we can't get to the se- second level at all in the run game. Yeah, and it's just, you know, a lot of the plays we're breaking is because, you know, Catron's getting over a guy, Singleton, you know, is trying to. He gets yeah. to the second level, and it's like, you know, once you're trying to break away after already making a lot of moves, it's just... Disappointing. It's tough to see. For yeah, sure. you know. Um, so after the game, or a couple of days after the game, Franklin announces that you know they fired Mike Yurchilich. Uh, Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, Sunday. yeah, Sunday. Okay. So, uh, what do you guys think of that? You think it's a, obviously it's it wasn't working with him. Um, there's been you know thoughts about bringing back Joe Moorhead, a bunch of other candidates. What do you think of the situation, Corey? I mean, 
obviously for now they're probably just going to promote like the QB coach. Yeah, the Juwan Cedar. Yeah, they already announced. Yeah, the running back coach and tight end coach is going to yeah. go coordinate. So I mean, in the off season, you got to find someone who can draw up plays to let the receivers try and make plays mm-hmm. in the off season. We got to recruit some type of good receiver. Yeah, to help Alar. Um, I think he'll have a little bit less problem because with Yurchich, he has to manage two running backs. Personally, I think one's probably going to transfer this. Yeah, especially we have we have a five star coming in from Camp Hill too. Yeah, what, and he's one of them's going to leave. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Noah Kane's probably going to leave. Um, I did. Oh no, I was I was with the Steelers with Jalen Moore, and I thought they named a starting <laughs> running back. But I don't. Yeah, if Katron's not number one guy out of the gate the rest of the season, I mean, why? What, what are we yeah, trying exactly. to say right now in Singleton? I mean. Yeah, he had a great year last year. This year, you know, you know, Dad kind of said it last week. He put on a little bit more muscle, you know, maybe a little slower that way. But it's just, just the drive doesn't seem to be there like it was last yeah. year almost. So, but in well, the backfield, I feel like he'll have a little bit less of a problem there. Mm-hmm. He can just, for the most part, hopefully focus on one guy. Alar's clearly going to be the starter next year. Yeah, but just gotta work on some more dynamic play calling, and work ways to get your best players the ball. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one thing that Yurchich has not really done so far. No. And whenever something's working, he just tends to go away from it. Like JD said, Allen had a fairly decent game whenever he was getting the ball against Michigan, but we just didn't really give him the ball a ton. Yeah. I think he had less than 20 touches. Yeah. I mean, ride ride your best player. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. You know, and they have to bring in a guy who fits Aller. They, you know, like I said... There were rumors about bringing Joe Moorhead back. He's a spread offense, shotgun-only, RPO-style OC. You can't run that with a guy like Aller. He's a pro-style quarterback. So, you know, you have to get a guy who, you know, his system is a pro-style offense, who uses play action a lot. Um, that's the type of guy who I think Penn State should look after um, or look at to hire for next year. Yeah, and I think you make a good point. Um you know, there wasn't really a lot of, like, route combinations. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you talk about passing trees, and that's, like, one of the big things. Like, you know, you don't need great receivers, but if you run the right route combinations, a guy's going to get open in certain yeah. coverages. And so, that's Canada's problem we have in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it's just, I agree with you, too, on the play action. I agree. Alar's more of a play action guy for sure, and I feel like against Michigan, we didn't run really any play action mm-hmm. passes whatsoever. And we focused on, you know, guys going up one-on-one if they're playing a man. They played a lot of, you know, kind of cover two step back as well, man, Mm -hmm. up top. Um, It's just, you know, you're putting a lot of trust in a wide out. You know, one, if he's if you're running a cover two with a man up, he's got to get by that first guy. Yes. And then if it's something over top, he's got to worry about a safety. So it's, you know, a lot of those routes, you know, are pretty much pre-designed, like, you're going to do a 10 out to the sideline. That's what we're going to hit. Or yeah. running back's going to be breaking out on a wheel. You hit him up the sideline. So I think there's just, yeah, so we need to get someone who's going to be creative with the, you know, passing tree, you know, different offensive passing systems to kind of help Alar shine. Mm-hmm. Maybe get him in a rhythm more, get the more short passes completed so you can start taking shots downfield. But I really just want to see a guy that's going to come in and stick with a game plan and, you know, kind yeah. of execute that throughout the game because – you know, it's tough to say. Penn State, I feel like they don't have a great identity on offense whatsoever. And I know it's crazy to say because they've had games where they've scored 30 points, you know. Mm-hmm. They've had games where they looked good. But obviously, you know, when it comes to playing the big, you know, grandfather schools, Michigan, Ohio State, it's just, 
I felt like, you know, Yurich for play call wise smoked two blunts and drank a six pack and he's like, <laughs> fuck it, we'll play this on rookie mode. <laughs> but it's yeah, that's you know, what do you want to look for obviously in the next OC? Yeah, their problem was it's been in this for a while now, it's just the over simplification, like, oh, we're playing a good team now. We don't want to overcomplicate things, give them, you know, small assignments, you know, that nature, and you know, let them be athletes. And that was okay when you had guys like Barkley, Deshaun Hamilton, Chris Godwin, Mike Gusecki, Trace McSorley. You know, if you want to play like that's fine because they're athletes and they can create space and room for themselves, you know, to get the ball and run with it. This group of guys, they're, like you pointed out, they're really not. Like, you know, you're supposed to, I mean, allegedly a good quarterback and all you know, a couple decent backs. Other than that, you have shit for, you know, players. The offensive line easily looked like it's been overrated. So, you know, it's just... Um, they need to have a guy like you said who is not afraid to like. All right, you know we're gonna if we're playing a good team, we're gonna go all out. And you know if we turn the ball over this and that, well then we'll just live and die by that sword. Yeah, I'd like to see him personally, whether it be for head coach or if they could somehow get him an offensive coordinator. I don't think he'd take that step down, but mm-hmm. I'd like to see him go back after Bill O'Brien. He doesn't look like he's having fun in New England. I mean, no, I don't think New England system works well, but I think. A Bill O'Brien type guy, and I feel like he well—he's also a quarterback coach too, so yeah. he'd work very well at Aller's development, which is something that I feel like they've lacked in Franklin's entire tenure. I know I touched about this in a previous episode where you know Aller—I mean not Aller, geez, Hackenberg, his uh, for, uh, freshman year looked really good under Bill O'Brien, and then when it got to James Franklin, and I think the first OC was John Donovan. Um, they tried to do that RPO spread offense bullshit where it's a pro-style quarterback, and it ruined him. Yeah. Um, so he'd be a, a good guy to, you know, keep developing him, and he knows how to, you know, game plan with a pro-style quarterback like Aller. And now I think that idea there is far-fetched. I don't think, like you say, he's going to want to go back. Yeah. But they get someone like that. Like, another name was Joe Brady. He's now the new OC for the Bills now that uh, <laughs> Ken Dorsey just got fired today. Um, also, I'd love to have Dorsey as yeah, Steelers OC. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, some a, a guy who, you know, again, um, play action pass, you know, throw in the middle of the field, um, utilize, you know, what's the width of the field, 54 yards, utilize the whole field, not just the sideline. Um, that's what they have to go with. Um, yeah. And they have, they have to hire the right guy almost immediately just because next year the team's going to get slightly worse. We're probably going to lose – Kalen King, Fashanu, yes. Chop Robinson, all to the draft. We have a lot of starters them. going to the draft yeah. this year. And the Big Ten's only going to get better next year. Yes. Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC, all coming to the Big Ten. It's not going to get any easier for Penn State. I mean, I know right now we'd be happy if there was a 12-team format to sneak in the playoff, but I don't think it's going to cut it next year because what next year we have ohio state usc and ucla yeah and washington and i mean that's a tough run now i talked to my dad about this here a little bit ago and he made a great point you know part of the i'm obviously it's not the whole reason i would say at least a part of the reason why penn state has a hard time you know um being competitive against ohio state michigan is because they play nobody before them you know I feel like next no, year, when games. yeah, when they start playing these tougher teams, they'll realize what they are and what they aren't right away, and then they can work on from there. When you play teams like you know Maryland and Northwestern, these look. I mean, obviously you can't help it; they're in the Big Ten. But when you play those small schools, schools that are good, well, then it's hard to evaluate your team. Yeah. Well, the 
what was that, in 16 whenever we beat Ohio State? Mich- whenever we lost to Michigan, that was like our second game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was early in the year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, granted they beat the piss out of us, but I mean, we figured out some stuff early when we were able to upset Ohio State. And exactly. Make a run. But I mean, yeah, playing tough teams early definitely helps you work. Figure out what your problems are so you can work on them for 10 games instead of being like, oh, it's game seven, we have a problem. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's a little late for that. I mean, I can make the same excuse, though. Who did Michigan play before they played us? Yeah. Fuck, they had yeah. a worse schedule than we did, and they still came ready to play. I mean, yeah, that's important and all, but, um, you know, like I said, it all boils down, I think. And, you know, personally, after this week, I'm officially on you, the Franklin, get him the fuck out train. Let's um, go. <laughs> no, 100%. I still think he's the main issue. I mean... Like you said, we need to take a step up to the next level. Franklin has not won any big games. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to give him benefit of the doubt. Michigan was a pretty prime opportunity for him. I mean, at the time when we spoke last week, we didn't know what was going to happen with Harbaugh. Yeah. Obviously, Harbaugh gets suspended for the game. So you got to think, coming into this, you know, a team just got told their head coach is going to be with them on the sidelines in less than 12 hours. Like, yeah. As Franklin, you got to be licking your chomps saying, this is ideal. Yeah, They're coming and- into our house. They don't have their head coach. We need to go out there and exert our dominance. I thought, you know, it's too good of an opportunity for him to not get a win on Saturday. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. You have to challenge what Michigan coaching staff has left, and we didn't quite do that. Enough. Yeah, didn't exploit our, anything. Our first drive, it was, we were down the red zone. It was like, fourth and goal on the two or whatever and we ought to kick a field goal go for it yeah what's what's it gonna hurt that that seven points would be massive yeah michigan go you know 98 yards down the field if yes. they score a touchdown on you doing that they Fair score play. a touchdown they yeah probably chew up most time at the end of the game it's probably a win for you because you know at that point it was zero zero in the game mm-hmm. so what they get seven points and run up eight minutes a clock i mean hell that's all they did was fucking run the ball so yeah at some point, you know, the defense was going to step up and probably make a play. I thought the defense honestly played good for, you know, Michigan having the game plan coming out saying, I mean, Penn State's known for what? Getting turnovers. Yeah. How do you minimize turnovers? Run the ball. You just run the ball the whole game. Don't put your quarterback in a situation where he could get strip sacked or, you know, forced to throw a pick. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, I think we can beat this team running the ball the whole game. Let's see if their offense will put up points to score with us. We scored 20 yes, points. Yes, exactly. We're probably going to win this game. And Michigan yeah. executed their game plan absolutely perfect with no fucking coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It brings me back to the other point. The offensive coordinator stepped up with Michigan is now tied with James Franklin for wins against top 10 opponents. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guy was a coach for 12 hours and tied a dude over eight years. I'm, that's why I'm done with it, man. I just... Oh, and it's everyone's like, well, give the new OC a chance. It's like, dude, the guy's had four OCs in his time, yeah. well, five OCs technically, yeah. in his time at Penn State, and he's still one in 16 against top 10 teams. Like, yep. I don't think it's the OC's fault. Like, and, at one point, you got to look at yourself and say, maybe I am the fuck. Yeah. And there's no excuse anymore because Jimbo Fisher, $74 million, $75 million buyout, you know, just got fired. There's no more excuses anymore. Yeah. And uh, watching the Michigan game, Penn State be on defense, they'd make a play, and the camera would pan to Manny Diaz. Mm -hmm. I feel like, in his head, he's almost like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, who's to say he doesn't want to leave now? Yeah, he's holding good teams, Ohio State, Michigan, to... I mean, Michigan, what, scored 24? 24. 24. And the end touchdown was another James Franklin dumbass call going it for 46. Yeah, That was the play that Oshu got burned on, and he just threw it up to freaking... uh, 
Lambert Smith, who gave up on his route after yeah. 10 steps. He didn't even finish his route. He just stopped running. Yeah, yep. but Manny Diaz held our, the best two opponents we faced, Ohio State and Michigan, to fairly few points. Yeah, 20 like, and 24. That's not yeah, bad. I mean, I mean, that's enough for you to win a game. Yeah, yeah and especially I in college football. That's exactly. yeah, more than like enough. People are probably going to be coming out and trying to poach Manny Diaz. I think that's very Easily. possible. yeah, for I sure. Mean, he's doing great with the defense. They're playing fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if they offer him enough money and be like, what are you going to do it? What are you going to do behind James Franklin? Are you going to win anything? That, I think that's a very nope. realistic question to pose to him, and he'd be Diaz would be dumb to stay at Penn State. Honestly, yeah, you're not you're not wrong at all. And I think the good point is, you know, Franklin wants to be an elite program. Well, elite programs don't lose their OCs and you know DCs. I mean, sometimes you know Bama does, but like it stays relatively you know similar, and they still have the same success. So at the end of the day, you know, they're not losing their head coaches. Yeah. What's the common equation? Why they're still getting success? Yeah. They got the right guy at the helm. Exactly. And it's just, I agree. After, you know, watching eight years of him losing one-score games, the teams we should beat, you know, I think a great example is what year, 2017 Ohio State. We have the lead the whole game at the horseshoe. Just to I, like, go into this. It to, who was it, Cornell Jones? No, no, that was um, Barrett. JT, JT Barrett, Barrett, Barrett went Barrett off that game. He had a career game the second half. <laughs> but, like, we went into the second half. We were up, like, 10 points, I think. 10 or 14, somewhere in there. And 14 points. Just watching him throw that away. Another game, USC in the Rose Bowl in 2016. Yeah. Just that. threw that game to USC. We made Juju Smith-Schuster look like he was a godsend. And same yeah. with uh, Aaron Darnold. Not jo- Wait, was it Aaron Darnold? No, not Aaron. Yeah. Um, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. It made Sam Darnold get a job with the Jets that he probably didn't deserve. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how many times are we going to have leads and close games and just watch them get blown or, you know, be in a one-score game the whole time with nothing going on? And I agree. It's time to cut the cord. You know yeah, what the funny thing is, though? Now I talked about that in my Aaron Agreements episode where it's like, you know— the past few years, we're not even competitive to be have a lead in the blow. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least we were competitive at those games. Yeah, and I mean, next year, say we would happen to get into a 12-team playoff. Yeah. We're around one. We're one Exactly, because guess we're not playing Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's we're what people being, don't figure out. Against... I think it depends on the conference we play. I think we fare well against a lot of conferences. I think our the style of football Big Ten plays. If fares it would well. be like a well, I mean the Pac twelve won't exist next year, basically. Yeah, yeah. the Pac twelve is essentially yeah. gone. And... Uh if it would be like a Big Twelve school, I mean for what they have they'll have left next year. But here's the thing, it's not a neutral site game. You know, if we get a lower mm-hmm. seed, we're playing at a Texas or at an Oklahoma or, you know, yeah. somewhere out there. They're or not coming to be in stadium. Or Oklahoma, because they'll be in the SEC next year. I was talking about if we go to the college football playoff, we'll play that. Oh, no, yeah at, yeah. Their, yeah, at their home stadium, yeah. I get that. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm talking Yep. Well, I mean, and I think, like we said, we saw the schedule for next year, you know, we'd be lucky, I think, to come out in a 12 position to be in the playoffs. Yeah, we're lucky to have nine wins next year. I mean, I, th- I don't think USC is going to be as good next year because they're going to lose Caleb. They'll have to learn how to play defense. I don't know if Caleb Williams will leave just because NIL money is nuts now. Say he doesn't want to go play for the Bears if that's who would draft him. Yeah, well, the Bears, yeah. Are, the Bears are going to stick with. That's going to be interesting to watch. I yeah. think, honestly, it, like he said, it depends what team he goes to. And, you know, who's the top five picks right now? Probably Arizona, Chicago, Arizona, New Chicago. England. Yeah, New England. I mean, um, who's uh, who did Tampa Bay play this week? That's a good uh, question. The Titans. The Titans have a crap record, too, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they're, they're a top five or top six pick right now. Yeah, so, I mean, 
the Falcons as well, right? Yeah, and the Falcons. The Falcons have, they're like they four, four uh, wins, yeah. but I mean, who knows what happens. There's, a, there's a couple two-win two teams right now in the NFL, obviously, is yeah. what I'm trying to make. So, oh, the Giants. The Giants, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think there's enticing offers for him, maybe if the Giants get a shot, and maybe if New England could take a shot at getting him. Because those are two franchises, you know. As a kid out of college, you don't mind getting to play yeah, for because of their history. Yeah, there's so, exactly. And, I mean, look, if you come into the Giants situation, you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. I mean, you're a couple wideouts away from being a pretty good team. Yeah. And, like, everyone's like, well, Daniel Jones, you know, I, I just – He's not the guy. just no. don't see the appeal in him. And I think Caleb Williams with Saquon would turn that offense pretty deadly. I yes. mean, the Giants already have a pretty good defense. Yeah. Other than getting – Tramped on by the Cowboys I mean, both times they play, but that's defense is probably gassed at that point. Exactly, the yeah, exactly, and that's the point I like to make too. You know, the offense is terrible, and it's just mm-hmm. like if Saquon's not making plays, if they're not getting the ball to him, they're not. They're the defense is on the field the whole damn game. Yeah, so yep. it's just you know some food for thought, but but yeah, I guess. Uh, it's just next year will just definitely be interesting on what what goes on with Penn State as a whole. Yeah, it just um, you know they're playing Rutgers next week. Um, what the freaking do for three quarters this week? Yeah, this week or or this week they play Rutgers. Yeah, it's at home, right? It is a home game. Yeah, um, senior day. Real, just real quick here because I, um, you know, I'm tired of talking about fucking Penn State and Franklin right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, do they bounce? I mean, do they bounce back? Do they look good? Do they look <clears throat> bad and still win? What it's Rutgers, think? man. They're gonna. Play. They're going to score thirty plus points and probably win the game. Yeah, yeah. from from watching, I watched some of the Rutgers Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. Rutgers mo seems to be a little bit of a option play, some RPO. So I mean, yeah, their quarterbacks. Our pretty, defense should quarterbacks that pretty easily. quick. If yeah. we put them in a situation where they have to throw the ball, they're not going to win the game because he can't throw the ball to save exactly. Him. So I mean, offense will go out and they'll play well against a crappy lower Big yeah. Ten team. Like always, we'll put them on the ropes. Off to throw the ball, we'll probably get two picks. <laughs> Two yeah. fumbles, get four total turnovers, and you know have a comfortable forty-two to fucking yeah. ten win for Penn State. Everyone will be back on. It's on Drew Alar is a great quarterback. Yeah, but it's just. James Franklin. I agree. Until until we fix, you know, what the root of the problem is, you got to pull the two if you can't put a crown on it. Yeah. So. yeah. Do you think it's going to take like you know, I know we touched on this um, last week where like you know if you want to buy out the guy, a lot of money is going to come in, or is it the flip side where it's like. If you don't do it, you don't eat the money right now. People are gonna stop buying or donating a lot of money. People are gonna stop uh, buying season tickets. I, I think that that it, one way, like as fans, like us being upset, obviously, like yeah, I mean, three people wouldn't not gonna make the difference. But like, if fans are truly upset, you gotta stop going to games. You gotta stop giving them money yeah. until something changes. I'm talking about the big guys who donate. Mm. You know. Yeah. Tens and twenties, or you know, even a hundred thousand dollars and stuff like that. That's what it's on take for the big guys. Like, hey, we're not liking what we see. You keep him on the sideline. We're stop donating. Yeah, it's gonna. That's take what that, it's gonna take. Or even next year with a twelve team playoff, if we don't make the playoff, maybe then the AD and Penn State as a whole will kind of look and be like, maybe James Franklin isn't the guy. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> they, yeah, I, maybe they will open the rounds. I think I think next year's a telling year. I yeah. think if he doesn't secure another ten win season, I mean. You can't fire a guy that's winning you ten games until yeah, right now because he's he's just missing with exactly. some air quotes. He's just missing the playoffs, yeah. you could say. But like, yeah, especially next year with the schedule they have. I mean, I feel like you know, one you want to see him beat. Obviously, we don't play, do we play Michigan next year? No, no not for the next two years. So like, we got to see him beat Ohio State. I think and it's at home next year, and it's at home. And I just 
you know, don't think Ohio State's going to be that great without Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, was, he was the sole reason. He was the only reason they beat us this year. Beat us yep. this year yep. And, you know, take besides, him away. It's... I just, I see us that being a much more competitive game for us. So, obviously, that's going to be a tell sign. But, um, obviously, next year, if you end up, let's just say, six and six, you know, seven and five. He has to be out the door. Has to be, you know, considering, hey, you know, let's get someone else in here. Yeah. I mean, for every year he coaches, it decreases the buyout, you know. Exactly. So, <laughs> at this point, they're not going to bite the bullet. Because, I mean, I can, like at A&M, Jimbo had four losses, didn't he, this year? Or, uh, hmm. I think they were under 500 this yeah, year. Yeah, they were under, they, they did not have a good record. What's funny is they won the game he got fired. It's, like, yeah. it's not like he lost, he yeah, won, and they still they fired won, him. They murdered the team. They scored, they <laughs> killed the team they played, so. It's always weird to fire a coach after a win, but, yeah, that situation down there is just terrible. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on from uh, Penn State here to a little Kenny Pickett talk before we get into the Steelers. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of people who, you know, have given up on Pickett, or at the very least, you know, just being realistic, you know, he's performing below average right now. Um, and then there's other people who just have their Steeler, Steeler fan goggles on and create every excuse in the book um, the, the reason why he's sucking. Um, Corey, you know, you're not really a Steeler fan, you're a Charger fan, but you still watch Steeler games and you watch highlights and everything. So from an unbiased opinion, how do you analyze Kenny Pickett right now his second year? Well, first off, if I was a fan, and I'm gonna read a couple stats here, if I would if my team's quarterback had these, I'd want him I'd want him on the bench. Yeah. Thirtieth in completion percentage, twenty fifth in yards, twenty sixth in um or no, thirty second in yards per game. 28th in TDs, 28th in QBR, and 25th in passer rating. Mm-hmm. He is in the complete bottom bottom tier of all quarterbacks I've played this year. If that was my quarterback, I'd want him on the bench. What's the backup going to do? Is he going to do any worse? Probably not. I mean, you're paying Mitch Trubisky how much money to sit the bench? Five right million? No, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like close to eight million, I think. Give him a game. If he's terrible, then you go back to pick it. I understand you're in a playoff race and everything. It's very difficult to do that, but. In the AFC, with with as quarterback heavy that uh, conference is, mm-hmm. Pickett's not gonna win the big games that you need to. Everything's on the defense right now, and that's the only reason he's been able to come out and win games. I mean, this week against the Packers, they had no All-Pro Jair Alexander. They traded their number two cornerback to Buffalo at the trade deadline. You're going up against second, third stringers. Yep. And you threw for what, 126 yards, I think. That is. I mean, I understand the game plan was to run the ball, mm-hmm. but the, I feel like as an OC, as a team, you got to be like, this is our chance to get Pickett some confidence, get him to sling it a little bit, and th- he just doesn't seem capable of doing it. I said last week, if he's going to have a coming out game where he can prove it through um, all four quarters, it was it was last Sunday, and that's what we got. Yes, yeah. was utterly disappointing. I yeah. Agree. I mean... Kenny's just terrible. It's reading downfield. I like. I understand why George Pickens is frustrated. There was a lot of hundred percent where George Pickens didn't have a guy near him, and Kenny just either decided to run, throw it out of bounds, or just not even throw an accurate pass. So yeah, he he attempted I think twenty three passes. Yes, fourteen for twenty three. Eight of them were to Najee and Warren. Yeah, <laughs> that's a third of your passes are check. Check downs. down, Kenny. Yeah, and. Did I don't know just from watching the highlights today. I don't know if I saw Pickett complete a single pass inside the numbers. I think it was all checkdowns and then outside the number. No, they had his passing chart. I saw it, and there is not one completion in this in the in the middle of the field. That is 
insane to me that you just cannot utilize. Here's another crazy stat. He only has three completion or how was it? Um it was three oh three completions of ten air yards or more in the middle of the field all year. All year, not just in one game. Three completions in the middle of the field of ten yards or more all year. That is bad. Yeah, I mean, sure, some of it's probably Matt Canada, but I mean the numbers weren't that bad whenever Roethlisberger was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, well, here's my thing too: is you know you can watch you know video replays and um, film and stuff like this, all 22 stuff that people put out um, mm-hmm. that shows like the over the head, like this, like the sky cam or whatever of the play. And there's times where like you have people running crossers, like ten, like ten yard crossers, middle of the field or skinny post in the middle of the field. Pickett's just immediately looking one side and then if he doesn't like what he sees instead of progressing he just checks it down the warner nausea there was a player deontay johnson i mean clearly right off the ball beat his man on man-to-man coverage um you know had an easy touchdown it was like at the 40 yard line and you know he just had to lead him uh and it would have been a touchdown he he look he immediately looks at the check down and throws it to Warren. It was an incomplete pass. It's just shit like that where you gotta recognize, hey, maybe the play design is to Warren here, but guess what? I got man to man coverage. I'm gonna look to that guy first, which is Deontay Johnson. If I see him beat his man off the ball, I'm going to him. Hell with the check down, and he doesn't do that because he can't do it. Yeah. Um. I got to watch a little bit of the the Charger game against the Lions. It called some of the fourth quarter. Chargers are on the field, need a score. They Every single play that drive, they ran hurry up just to see what the Lions were in, and then Herbert recalled his, called his own play. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if Kenny Pickett, maybe two or three times all year, has called his own play. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has the ability to read defenses super well. And, I mean, I get it's only a second year, but it's got to start. He's the 25 years old with six years time. in college. He should know how to do that by now. Yeah, at some point, you got to start taking things into your own hands calling your own plays, your own audible, stuff like that, and start using the field. Because you have Deontay Johnson, great route runner. Mm -hmm. If you see him in in man-to-man, got to take advantage. Same with George Pickens. Probably, even though he's only in his second year, one of the best jump ball receivers in the league. Mm -hmm. Got to take advantage of it. Exactly. It's just, yeah, Kenny Pickett is very inaccurate, too. Mm -hmm. He needs to figure out a way, because if Pitt, you know... It, his accuracy wasn't a problem at Pitt. He threw the ball great. And I know him having Jordan Addison for a season really helped him out because Jordan Addison was a cheat code that year in college football. But still, you know, Kenny needs to work on his accuracy. He needs to work on staying in place because, like you said, you know, he's just rolling out from the start. He's not looking back towards the middle of the field at all, and he's just trying to find a guy on the sideline. A lot of his incompletions are because he's throwing a guy's sideline ball mm-hmm. and just missing him completely. So. Yeah. And my, my thing here is, you know, I love to use Josh Allen as an example. You know, you can scream, oh, he turns over the ball all you want. You know, he's top five in every other statistical category. And, you know, he's a gunslinger. For what he turns the ball over, he makes up with scoring and running in touchdowns, you know. And so his rookie year, you know, he, you know, um, for better words, was bad his rookie year. But he showed flashes his rookie year of what he could be. You know, big arm, elusive in the pocket, and could run. He had all these tangibles where all he needed to do was put it together. He was going to be a you know, very good quarterback in this league. He took that jump and leap, too. He did more of the stuff that we see now and less of the bad, and he just kept getting better and better and better. But right away, you saw the traits that he could have. With Kenny Pickett, 
He has no tangible traits at all that make him like, all right, you know, he's struggling right now, but damn, there was that one time where, you know, he fit the ball right in there. He has a strong arm. Oh, he evaded the pocket really well that time or whatever. You don't see anything like that that could, you can clarify, like, oh, he does this very, very well, and, you know, if he can keep developing, you know, he should be good to go. Just like Josh Allen. You saw it just with your own eyes, the eye test, that everything was there. He just needed to put it all together. With Kenny, you have absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, even against the Packers, comparing him to Jordan Love, the two touchdown passes that Jordan Love threw, I don't think Pickett can make that throw. No. That that one to the corner end zone and then the one where Dobbs beat, like, two defenders. Mm-hmm. And back in the end zone. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think Pickett can make those types of throws. You haven't seen if him throw like, it. That, yeah. That's, that's the whole thing because he can't. basic throw, it, it's, not, it's not his uh, forte. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to have the arm talent that's required in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. If you do not have an elite arm, you you just don't seem to last. Unless you have a fantastic brain. Like Peyton Manning. Yeah. And I don't and think Kenny Tom Pickett's Brady. Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Mike Tomlin, you know, kind of said it today. You know, he needs Pickett to be better. So, yeah. kind of, you know, we need to see that play elevate because... We have a world-ending defense. I mean, there's hundreds of teams in the NFL, and well, not literally hundreds, but <laughs> there's many teams in the NFL with, that would love our defense. And yeah, it just yeah. feels like as a Charger fan, if we had yeah, Corey, defense, we might be undefeated. Yeah, they, and it's just <laughs> we put up 38 points against Detroit and lost. It's, yeah, it's, what, it's what so sad to waste special teams because just you're we're riding on a guy that honestly probably doesn't deserve a starting spot. I mean think a lot of like how Tommy Maddox kind of just filled in the void until we got Ben so I feel like Kenny's getting pretty close to falling in those same shoes it's like okay Kenny you know you can get us eight wins but who's the guy we're gonna be able to get yeah Yeah. I have a little list here I'll ask you guys as well but going into week 10 how many how many other quarterbacks are you taking Kenny, Kenny Pickett over in the NFL starting right now yes quarterbacks that started in week 10, how many people are you taking Kenny Pickett over? Well, we had one of them. is Josh Dobbs. We let him go. So, <laughs> I mean, I would take Dobbs. I thought Dobbs was nice when he played with the Steelers. Or, or maybe, I, maybe I misphrased it. Like, Who would you take Kenny Pickett take over? over? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. over. Over. Um, Ritter. Um, or he'd even start Heineke. Um, that DeVito guy. Obviously um, DeVito. <laughs> uh, O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. From I wouldn't even take. I'd take Aiden O'Connell. He's played pretty good. He played pretty good for the Raiders. He's a gunslinger. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad when you really have to think about it. Yeah, I my list was Brett Ripien, who they had a bye this week, but he only played because Matt Stafford was hurt. Tommy DeVito, Tyler uh Bajan, who's a D two yeah, rookie. Yeah. <laughs> and um honestly I'd take him over Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what, four or five quarterbacks yeah, you said four that's it. That I would take Kenny Pickett over. <laughs> that's <laughs> I'd throw Baker in there. I think Baker's terrible, so... Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with your list, Corey. I mean, if, if you're only taking over a handful of guys, you got to change something. Yeah. And that's just, you know, the kind of the thing we're screwing ourselves over with as far as, you know, winning enough games to have a mid-draft mm-hmm. pick and really hoping you hit on, like, a late guy, kind of like Ben or someone to fall in a heavy quarterback draft class. I mean, that is one thing they benefit from. If they would happen to take a quarterback this year, there's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. You're going to have 
Williams, May, where they're not going to fall to the Steelers, but no. they're going to be there. You're probably going to have, like, Bo Nix, maybe Shadur Sanders, Michael Penix Jr., yeah. J.J. McCarthy. Have a ton of quarterbacks in this coming draft. Is, um, what's his face from LSU leaving, too? Jaden Daniels? He might be. Because I think be he's a well. junior this year, so he, if he can get drafted, I... He's an unbelievable player, you know. I watched yeah, some of that LSU he's a, he's game. He's a good athlete. He's gone. I think Dion, arm. I think Dion's kid's the, a good quarterback too. He makes smart calls. Um, he sees the field well too. Mm-hmm. I think I think this might be the year as a Steelers, you know, franchise. You take a shot at a guy maybe second round because I obviously there's so much. There's a lot of potential. Yeah, with mm-hmm. guys that are going to be available late. Yeah, even um, I think Cade McNamara might be entering the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, Iowa's offense is shambles, but I don't think that's all on him. Yeah. Um, same with uh, what's his name, Jordan Travis, I think from Florida State might be going into the draft. Oh and yeah, right there's yeah. almost ten quarterbacks you could. The guy from at. Duke's pretty good. What's Riley the, Leonard? Riley Leonard's yeah. nice. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of just good potential quarterbacks out there this year in the draft. Yeah. So. Or if anything, bring him in and have a QB competition. Exactly. Just take a shot on a guy. I mean, if Kenny's going to get better, mm-hmm. he needs the competition. Obviously, Mitch Trubinsky is not enough competition. No. For him. Yeah. Mason Rudolph's too busy, you know, sitting on the sidelines dealing with concussion symptoms still, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know if he dresses for games anymore. They probably just let him in street clothes and let him drink beer in the stands at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I agree. Just I think you take a shot at a quarterback just for maybe the sole reason, give Kenny more competition. Yeah. Now, 100% agree with you two, but in reality, mm-hmm. do you see the Steelers, as hey, they operate, do do that at all? Do that. No, I think Omar caught. I wouldn't put it past Omar. I wouldn't put it past Mike Tomlin if he doesn't like what the offense is doing either. So, I think it's a good shot. I mean, what other positions are glaring needs right now other than obviously linemen, but and secondary. I, yeah, I secondary. I don't too. think they will this year, just because. Yeah. If the if the offense continues to underperform, say in the offseason they get rid of Kanda, they're gonna be like, let's give Pickett a year without Kanda. That's the thing. And they're, if he they're... still underperforms. Then. That that that's I think I, where I agree too, where they're not thing they're gonna get rid of Pickett until they get a new offensive coordinator where, you know, they're actually having good schemes and wide receivers are getting open in the middle of the field and he's still not doing it right, then I think they realize you have to pull the plug. And I, I well, I just think it's too deep of a draft class for you not to take a chance at a quarterback in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Steelers are pretty notorious with finding late round defensive guys that end up being you know, pretty yeah. good fourth to sixth round. So, I mean, just knowing that and knowing that, you know, Omar Khan likes to play free agency market, go out and get guys and, you know, mm-hmm. try to make things happen. I just think it makes absolutely no sense not to do that. Yeah. Personally. And just even even regardless if you get rid of Canada, just for the, like I said, the competition sake of practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, obviously, Mitch Trubinsky we're not going to re-sign him when his contract's ever. Mm-hmm. He, he signed a two-year, right? Yes, yeah, so this, this is his last year. This is his last year. Yeah, so this is his last season. Obviously, I don't think he gets re-signed. No. I mean, Mason Rudolph is just Alex Moran, you know, pro. Mm-hmm. Just going to ride that QB2 coattail or QB3, whatever it is. You know, probably the rest of his career. So, yeah, I think you do take a shot at a guy in the draft. Yeah, because, I mean, there's enough quarterbacks. One's going to fall to you. You could draft one probably third, fourth round, still come out with a pretty with a guy who's pretty good in college. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be in the draft this year that use their feet very well too. So, and yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the NFL, you know, you need a quarterback that can do that. Look at all the teams that are having a lot of success. I mean, Mahomes, obviously, he can scramble and still make plays. Allen hurts. Allen hurts. Even Jackson. Herbert, you know, he can move around. Herbert the pocket. can move around. C.J. Stroud can move around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I can keep naming guys. You Fields. have too many good athletes on the defensive side up front, where you have you can't have a guy like a Tom the, Brady or Peyton Manning. Yeah, who's a stand, statue back there. Yeah. That the age of quarterbacks is all but done, just because. You have edge rushers running four fives now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, you have and they can bull rush. Yeah. And they can bull rush. Yeah, you got 260-pound guys running four fives that can broad jump in 11 mm-hmm. feet. and st- Like, you have to get a mobile quarterback anymore. Yeah. And I think, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, you know, the Dan Marino effect, Steelers missing out on Marino. They didn't want to do it with Kenny. We forced their hand to take it. You know, Ben going into retirement. I kind of agree with you. I... Didn't like when we drafted Kenny two mm-hmm. years ago. I mean, I thought it was kind of a waste of a pick, especially because, you know, Ritter didn't go until the third round. No one was concerned about getting a quarterback that draft. Yeah. And I feel like we just forced the envelope there to take a first-round quarterback just because, you know, Ben was gone, and we just, you know, we wanted to be competitive for a well, year. What, in Pickett's year in the draft, the second quarterback taken was Malik Willis. In right? the second round, late yeah, in the second yeah, round. Yeah, was it Malik or was it Ritter? I thought it was Ritter. No, I think no, it was Malik. Malik. Ritter was, was in the, the third. Second. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. And like, look what Malik's doing. He's he's, he's, a, he's on the bench he's, yeah. behind Tannehill and Will Levis. He got benched <laughs> yep. by a guy they drafted this year. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, it's just that, wild. That was just a really bad quarterback class. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. See, given what's happened now, and like, you know, if I ran the Steelers here, you know, I really wouldn't take a quarterback this year or next year, and here's my reason why. I want to build my team. Like, my first two-round picks, I want to solely dedicate – on the offensive line, the defensive line, much like the Eagles do. They just draft big the first two rounds and get good there, the trenches, okay? Then after that, you know, in your mid-rounds, you go after DBs, or you can do that in free agency or whatever. I want to build a good team, much like what Big Ben inherited, a good team where a rookie can come in, he can, you know, develop on the— manager f- until he needs yes, to be a superstar. Yes, but a guy that obviously, you know, Big Ben had the treat. You saw it with your own eyes— much like the example I gave of Josh Allen's like, damn, this guy is going to be special. Mm-hmm. You know, build the team around the quarterback. Not, um, you know, you don't get a quarterback and then develop the team around him. No, put him in an ideal situation where he can succeed and can succeed early, much like Big Ben did in 2004 with that team. I feel like if the Steelers would go in that direction I just suggested, um, you know, you guys can chime in if you want. I think that's the best course of action. Well, I mean, you can still hit on a quarterback late. 49ers did it. They drafted Purdy with the yeah. very last pick, and he's their starter right now. And got him, what, 6-3 and three right now? Yep. They're one of the best teams in the league. Yep. Had I mean, a three-game skid there, but, damn, they came out of the bye looking like a new team. Yeah, absolutely throttled the Jaguars. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I just honestly, so in the latest power rankings, you know, they have Steelers in the top ten, so I think they're at nine this week. I think if you take any of the quarterback that's in the top 10 and put them on the Steelers, the Steelers probably move to a top 5 team mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah. I don't think our offense is terrible. I just don't think Kenny Pickett's a good enough quarterback to lead that Even offense. Even a mid-tier quarterback makes the Steelers better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know, and that's why I think they take a shot at a quarterback next For, year. Like like a Derek Carr on the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, imagine like James Winston on the Steelers. <clears throat> he, he just he'll turn 30 the ball pick, 30 over, picks. but he's going to be throwing bombs to George <laughs> yeah. <Pickens> all game. <laughs> uh, all right, so 
Heading into uh, the Cleveland game here this Sunday, you know, back-to-back road games in Ohio. These next two games coming up, they feel almost like playoff games here. Are how worried are you about this game? I'm not Cleveland, worried about. I'm not worried about the Browns. Cleveland look good against Baltimore. They do. Deshaun Watson might be back. <laughs> <laughs> they do look good, but it's like. You know, I don't really fear, fear them that much because I know our defense is going to get after Watson. Yeah. So it's like, you, I, like I feel more nervous about the Bengals game than I do about the Browns game, and maybe that's just naive of me. But it's we've always just I feel like have had Cleveland's number even since they've you know gotten good and made playoffs. I feel like mm-hmm. each year we still beat them twice. So we did. Did we beat them twice last year? Pretty sure. We uh, yes, we beat them twice. We beat them twice last year. Oh, I'm sorry. We went one and one. We won one one, but the previous year we beat them twice. Yeah, the, the helmet year I know we beat them twice yeah. as well. So it's just I, you know, I worry about the Bengals because it seems like the Bengals are the team that just kind of over the last couple seasons have just, you know, other than last year week one we take them to over overtime and <laughs> yeah. went on bullshit. But <laughs> went on Joe Burrow throwing what five five picks, picks seven picks. sacks, a blocked field goal, and a missed. 29-yard field goal in overtime by Cincy. That's what it took to yeah, win that game. that's what it took to beat Cincy. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, a couple weeks later, they beat us by, like, 40 points. Yeah. So, and, but it's always like those Browns and Ravens games, you know, just are always close for some reason. Yeah. So, I'm I'm not too worried about it. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, it feels like it's playoff atmosphere. I mean, with our whole division, you know. Everyone's playing each other this week. Every, I mean, Thursday night games, Ravens, Cincy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns are tied for first, and Cincinnati's a game behind, which, you know, Cincinnati could win the game, which definitely probably should have won their game last week. It was the Texans. It's kind of upsetting to see them throw that game away towards the end there, just Burrow kind of throwing picks. And yeah. Just being uncharacteristic, but yeah, like I mean, there could have been a four-way tie in the AFC North, which would have been yes, that's it. With every team playing each other, the following yeah. week would have been awesome to watch. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's going to be a tight division, mm-hmm. and it's going to stay that way. So I think the Browns game is kind of a. I mean, you got to win one of your last. Got to win one of these next two games. At yeah, we got to win one of them. I mean, I don't see us beating the Bengals at all, so I'm yeah. just assuming we're going to go 0-2. You want to go 2-4 and four in your last conference games. Yeah. Because other than those conference games, I mean, our schedule's pretty weak the rest of the year, I think. We you have thought. Arizona, you got the Colts. Where I mean, they're 5-5, five and five, but Gardner Minshew's your quarterback. Colts, You're Cardinals, hoping to beat them. And Seahawks, right? Uh, well, Seahawks, I think, are a pretty good team. You have New England, though, Thursday night. New England as well, but we do play C- the Seahawks, right? Yeah, third. That's like your next to last game. Like yeah, that, which I think, like I think we can beat the Seahawks, realistically. I it's mean, at Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's at Seattle. I still think we can beat them. I yeah. mean, our, our defense is... We're going to make Geno have to work to win that game. Yeah. So. But yeah, Corey, I'm not scared of um, the Browns, like JD said. Now, obviously... I'm not naive. I can easily see them going 0 and 2 um, and being 6 and 5 after these two games here. But realistically, I see them beating the the Browns like JD said and then them losing to Cincinnati because Cincinnati is a team with a good quarterback, uh, a good offense, and they have a decent defense. That is how that's how you easily beat the Steelers team because yes, does the Steelers get a lot of turnovers and sacks? Yeah. But they're very vulnerable in the secondary. And you can run the ball on them, uh, as we've seen in the past as well lately. So that's just an offense licking its, licking its chops right there. And then obviously you have the Steelers' offense who, you know, if uh, the defense lit enough points, they can't keep up with the other team's offense, okay? So they could be down mm-hmm. quick, 21-3, to 17-6, something like that, early in the Cincy game. And, you know, I just don't have any faith in that game. But, yeah, the Browns, 
if they're they're gonna have to win one of these two teams, uh, one of these two games, and it's gonna have to be against Cleveland, and they gotta put everything they can to beat them. Because if they do go 0 and 2 these next two games, get to 6 and 5, then they had the three game stretch of Arizona, the Colts, and New England. You have to win those next three games to be then eight and five, and then hopefully to you know you, you go two beat. and one to go uh, in the last three against Seattle, Cincy, and Baltimore. Another tough uh, three game stretch with your only home game against Cincy. There, I mean you're 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 happy to go ten and seven in that scenario. Um, so this next game here coming up is probably bigger than the Baltimore game earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean. Just looking at Cleveland's performance last week, Sean Watson went, I think, perfect in the second half. Came in, really lit it up. He looked like the oldest Sean Watson. He was running the ball. Then you got Jerome Ford out of the backfield mm-hmm. with Kareem Hunt. They're pretty good. Amari Cooper's looking like the old Amari Cooper, playing well. David Njoku. I just think that if the Browns can come out and do what they did last week, I don't know if it'll be a close game because they have the great defense like the Steelers do. Yeah. Well, the, their offense. defense was the reason they won that game last week. I mean, let's put... Let's I mean, they be, gave up 30 yeah. points, though. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be <laughs> plain and simple. I mean, at the end of the game, they forced the turnovers that they needed to force. And, I mean, yeah, they gave up 30 points, but still, if the defense wasn't there, I mean, to get the ball and get turnovers for them, to put them in prime position to score there at the end of the game... Browns to probably lose that game. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and like, like you touched on earlier, it seems like the Steelers they have the Browns and the Ravens number. Um, you know, Steelers when they played Baltimore earlier in the year, they should have lost that game. I mean, three drop passes for a touchdown by the Ravens, um, and then in the, that last drive, Pickett just one on one with Pickens while they had no safety over the top in that situation is beyond me. I mean, obviously he took advantage of it, and they scored, and that's how they won, off a couple fluke plays. Um, you Since know, that game, I don't know if Baltimore has scored less than 30 points. <laughs> yeah, because that was game 17 to 10 or something like that. It was a low-scoring yeah, game. It was low, and they, then they just started going crazy. They yeah. destroyed Seattle, destroyed the Lions. Exactly. So, I, you know, um, is there a scenario where I see them losing? Of course, 100%. I guess what I'm saying is they... Um, if they're going to win one of these two games, this is going to be their best chance right here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so how do you see this game going after talking about that, J.D., and what's your prediction for the for the game? Um, well, I think the Browns need Deshaun Watson to play good. The last time he played the Steelers, he took six sacks. Obviously, the strip sack, they had a forced fumble on him, and he threw a pick. Um I think if Deshaun can come out there and just be a game manager and, you know, keep the game man I mean manageable while well, just saying the same word twice. But, you know, <laughs> just being able to be the shot caller and move the offense down the field, I think the Browns win this game easy. Um I'm gonna probably I'm gonna take the Steelers though to win this and I think it's just gonna be another low scoring game. I think we'll get to Deshaun again. Um I would say let's go. 2318. 2318, okay. How about you, Corey? Um I think I think you're gonna see a lot. This is just guess. If the Browns are smart, I think they test Broderick Jones. Mm-hmm. Send Miles Garrett up against him. In my opinion, he's the best pass rusher in the league. See how a rookie handles him, and it could be a long day for him. 
it, it really could because I mean Miles Garrett's just he's a specimen. He's an absolute monster. So if Miles Garrett has a good game and is a game wrecker, like we know he can be, I think it's a tough day for Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun Watson plays decent, I think the Browns can take it. But overall, Steelers defense should be able... I mean, they played well against him before, mm-hmm. and the offensive line for the Browns has gotten some injuries since then even. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go 2017 Browns. Give him the home field advantage. You know, you just talked about Miles Garrett and lining up on Broderick Jones. Um, you know, typically he's on the other side playing against Dan Moore, one of the worst tackles in the league statistically. Um, Dan Moore's actually owned Garrett since he's came into the league. He only has, I think, two sacks against Dan Moore, and that's it in the six or seven games that they played against each other. And I know, right? And it seems like the Steelers, they know how to stop Miles Garrett. Like, they don't let him go off. Like, I think... T.J. Watt has 16 sacks in 11 games against the Browns. Miles Garrett has like six or seven sacks in the exact same amount of games. Um, so it seems like the Steelers know how to stop Miles Garrett um, or at least slow him down. I feel like you're going to see the same thing again. doesn't matter if they line up against Broderick, where I think he's a stud. Like, that was a home run pick. He's making the world of difference in the run game. Ever Like, the three games he started, they average over 150 yards rushing on um, on the ground. Uh, he's just night and day. Um an upgrade over Chooks on the right side. He's going to continue to be that way. It's going to be close, but um, I feel like they do shut down Miles Garrett and they win 16 to 12. It's going to be one of those weird low scoring games. Big 10 football. Yeah, Big 10 football in <laughs> Cleveland. North football. AFC North football. Uh, but yeah, I have them win 16 to 12. Obviously, I think I'm going to predict Kenny's stat line here. He's going to go 12 for 24. For 130, no, I'm sorry, 133 yards and no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he will have a rushing touchdown, which which will be the lone touchdown in the game for the Steelers. It'll be a tush push. It'll be a tush push, <laughs> yep. It'll be on the goal line. It's just going to be one of those weird AFC North football games, and Steelers have proved they can win those types of games against the Browns, so yeah. hard to go against that. Yeah, I mean, the only... I didn't really say, and obviously I picked a low-scoring game is what I think it's going to be, but I think the Browns also have the capability to, I mean, they just put up 33 on the Ravens. They have that capability to score, and I just don't mm-hmm. think the Steelers have that. Yeah. That oh, way. if it gets into a shootout, yeah, Steelers are done for. Yeah. <laughs> like I said last week, if we got to rely on Kenny Pickett throwing the ball more than 30 times, we're going to lose a game. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, he only uh, threw it 23 times exactly. last week. Exactly. And what did I also say? I said, if you see stat lines where Kenny Pickett has 300 yards passing, we're losing that game. He had 120 mm-hmm. some passing yards. Yeah. Do you think they can run the ball pretty good against this Cleveland Browns defense, which is, I think, number two stopping the run? They're at least top five. Um, I mean, we'll have to see, obviously. The offensive running game looks a lot better than it has in pass, obviously. What do we do against them stat-wise? Let me check I, real quick. I think Cleveland's probably going to throw seven, eight in the box. Yeah, every play. after watching force, last week's force game. the Steelers to throw the ball. I mean, they got some good defensive backs in Denzel Ward. I, yeah. And I mean, if I'm, an, if I'm a coach going up against the Steelers, that's what I'm thinking too. You know, load the box, eight people, make Kenny Pickett beat you with his arm. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you if lose Kenny a game because Kenny... You, all right. Exactly. Fair. You tip the cap. You say, hey, you know, he got us. You know, it's but, obviously a good thing, you know, against Tennessee, they had over 150 yards on the ground. Against Packers, they had 202 yards rushing. Their most in sense, like, I think four or five years. Um, but obviously, they played lesser competition doing that. Uh, so, so, so the Steelers rushed for 
Ravens and Toby Toll Yards. That first Steeler game. The Steeler they rushed game. for 55 yards in that game. Oh, wow. That's bad. Well, and they still won. The defense had two touchdowns, the def- didn't they? The yes, defense they had did. Two and Mike Smith and Watt each scored a touchdown. And the rest were field goals. Yep, yep. the rest were field goals. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Pickett <laughs> threw a passing touchdown as well. Oh, he did? Damn, I don't even remember. No. Oh, yeah, they had 20, it was 26 23, right? It was 26 22. 22. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's it's just bad. I definitely don't see him scoring two uh defensive touchdowns this Sunday. No, I think don't hold it against the Sean. <laughs> That's true. Don't hold it against the Sean. And also the Browns game plan got thrown a little bit out the window that first game, watching Nick Chubb possibly end his career. Yeah, week <laughs> two was rough. Yeah, so I mean they have Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt back in the backfield now. No mm-hmm. dual tandem there. Jerome so. Ford's been running the ball really well yes, too. Yes, he has. So, Hunt's more your short yard goal line back. Well, Ford came in that game against the Steelers and still ran for like 100 yards. He, he had that 75-yard run for a touchdown that, like, or that, something. Uh, he reversed field and yeah. just beat everyone. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll have to, you know, mitigate that as mm-hmm. much as possible. We do have Cam Hayward back this game compared to Week 2 against the against the Browns. Keanu Benton's looking very good in the defensive line. Um, although, man, losing... Kawan Alexander for the year now. They're down two middle linebackers in the last two games. They're down to Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson, who he's more of like a, just a run stopper. So is a Landon, by the way. He's more of a run stopper as well. So they really don't have that every down li- middle linebacker anymore, the which is scary. Steelers really missed out. Uh, Anthony Barr just re-signed. He was a free agent. He has re-signed with the Vikings. That would have been a fantastic addition. For yeah. I mean, he's multiple-time pro bowler, and they brought him back because they lost their one. Uh, mill linebacker. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, but... Um, what else was I going to say here? felt good watching uh, Spillane get an interception there on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked I told, good. You, I told you last time I was on the pod, they shouldn't have got rid of Spillane. You know what? Spillane's it, a dog. With after every game, it looks more and more like that. And that just makes Steeler number... 10 who goes off to another team and they look great. You know, Kevin Dotson is actually regarded as one of the best guards in the NFL right now, let alone just on the Rams team. Another one is Keel Weatherspoon. He was on fire the first four or five games in the year playing for the Rams. Um, you know, obviously, you, you know, take a look at Dobbs. I mean, you're having a lot of guys now who are leaving the Steelers or who are looking very good elsewhere. Um, Does Devin Bush have a job right now? Uh, I think he's on the. Practice squad for Seattle, I think, right now. That's one. That's the only one they released where it was a good idea. (laughs) Oh, and Claypool. And Claypool. Claypool was basically just a walking wide receiver. Sutton in Detroit, they're actually using him purely in the slot, which the Steelers would mix it slot and outside. Obviously, Sutton was not built for the outside. He's too small, and he'd always get burnt, especially by the really good wide receivers. But Detroit, they're utilizing him strictly in the slot, and he's doing very good for them. That's just, you know. Another Steeler where they don't think highly of him, but then they go off to play very good somewhere else. So. Well, it's all scheme fit. If you don't fit the scheme, I mean, it's all about the right personnel. Yeah. All right, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up here? I don't think I have anything else. I'm all good, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Penguins are a four-game win streak. Yeah, they've been playing really well. I never gave my um, potential OC picks for Penn State. Oh, there you go. Who it is? I'd like them to see him make a move for Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. I've been, yeah, I've been hearing that around. Who's he coaching right He's now? The He's the OC at, at USC. USC. He's the OC at USC. Yeah, I'd like to see them be aggressive to go for him, 
Um, I like the Joe Brady call just because he's a Penn State guy through and through. Where's the connection there? He graduated from Penn State, and then he helped. He was a student, like a student helper on the team. Oh, yeah. So he was oh, at Penn okay. State before he went to the NFL. Huh. Like to see them make a move. I don't think there's a chance of us getting Moorhead at all. I mean, Moorhead left an OC job at Oregon just to head coach at Akron to be closer to his family. I don't really. I mean, unless his family would be willing, willing to move from Pittsburgh to Penn State, I don't see him even. Again, that wouldn't it. even work though. An RPO offensive all, or that just wouldn't work. I, I think Moorhead's offense is a little bit more advanced, though, when it comes to getting guys open, passing trees-wise. And honestly, I don't mind running the RPO because it's not really a true RPO. There's not really any option whatsoever. Because, like, when we ru- ran that offense under Moorhead, it was already predetermined at the line of scrimmage who was getting the ball, if the running back was going to get it, or if Trace was going to keep it. So, I don't think he ran a true RPO. I mean, you call it an RPO, but you need to have the option possibility there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of plays, like, if you understand how to read an option, you know, on your key reads being the D-end, mm-hmm. when the D-end's coming straight downfield, the quarterback doesn't keep the ball. And there was a lot of times where Trace would keep the ball. So that's telling me he's not reading anyone on an yeah. option. Or he just cannot yeah. read. Or he can't <laughs> he read. Not read one I mean, of the <laughs> as a quarterback, though, at, like, any level, when you learn how to run an option offense... Yeah. There's things you key on. Like, you know what you're reading on each play mm-hmm. for what you're running. And it's just, it's easy to tell even, you know, if the guy steps forward a step or if the guy steps across. Mm-hmm. Like, where his first move is determining where you're giving the ball. Yeah. If he comes down on you, you're, um, if he comes down on you towards the running back, stepping across the line, edging, yeah. you keep the ball. If he steps straight forward on the line, you give the ball. Yeah. So, like, it, those are easy things to read, I think. And mm-hmm. it's just... Something a high school quarterback should be able to do. Well, I mean, it <laughs> was Ridge's offense. Like, <laughs> yeah. we ran the triple option, and, I mean, that's what it is. So. Shout out to Brad Hanks. Yeah, shout out all-time leading rusher, Brad Hanks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, no, that's who... I'd love to see us make a move for Kingsbury. Especially that would be look, awesome. It would look, definitely be a new face. Looking at yeah. the pedigree of quarterbacks he's worked with, I mean, Baker, I, everyone, I hate Baker, so, but I will admit Baker was decent. And it'd be perfect because then Cliff Baker would become the head coach then after after they fire Franklin. That'd be perfect. They had Baker, Mahomes. He 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 had Baker, Mahomes. Did he have Kyler? Kyler Murray. Yep. And um, Caleb Williams now. And now Caleb Williams. So I mean, he's worked with good quarterbacks and obviously developed guys. So I think that'd be a cool go to go out and get. If not, and and his offense clearly works. I mean, they're like two, three years in a row whenever he was the head coach of the Cardinals, they would start out the season great, like 6-1, and 7-0. and oh. I mean, they'd fall off because mm-hmm. teams were out play against it. But, I mean, he's had success at both levels. I don't see why you don't go after something. Yeah, like I that. think, I think you know, he's a guy you put all your cards in and try to go get. I think he's a very good step up. Pair, so. him, up, pair him up with Manny Diaz and you got a force. I mean, you got two good coaches and then yeah. you got – CEO James Franklin. Yeah, at his that ass. point, literally, he he is he's a head coach, but that that's just his title. He doesn't do any actual coaching. He goes to get recruited. Yeah, really. He shows up at high school games and helicopters. Let's call it as it is. That's yeah. his that's his official job title at Penn State. Yeah, helicopter rider. Um, but yeah, nope. That's that's who I want. So there we go. That's a good option. I would love that. Um, alrighty, you know what? I think that's gonna be a wrap for this episode of Montreal Madness. I uh, thank you guys for coming on, and until next time, see you later. Peace. Peace.